0: to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osborne, a biblical church centered on Christ. up, I remember um, our dad, each time he leaves the house to go somewhere, he always gives instruction and when he leaves, he, the first thing he always tells us is as I'm going out like this, I don't want anybody to go anywhere. When you go to bed, make sure that you check all the doors and make sure that the essential things that are supposed to be inside the house, they are inside the house. Don't you, dare make, don't you dare go to bed leaving the barn of the goat open. Don't you dare go to bed when the doors are not locked. This is very common to us parents when we are with our children, when we are going for a journey and leaving them behind or our lost one behind. It is just but normal. We give instruction that while I'm gone, this is what you should be doing. And sometimes our, our parents, to keep us busy, I remember one time my daddy left and uh, he was going to visit his brother in another city. So when he left, he gave us some assignments, some homework to do. He said what, he was a farmer, actually. He said, when I'm going, you go to the farm. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And I want you to do this. And I, when I come back, I am going to inspect it. And uh, usually it's not funny when daddy comes back and go to inspect the assignment that he left behind. And... Uh, for the most part, children being children, <laughs> we will not either not do it right or we'll do it in our own way. And uh, that will save us, um, it will not spare us from getting some spank. Uh, because our dad, I used to call him, it was a non-nonsense taking somebody. Uh, this evening, I want to share about Jesus. Jesus is actually close to the time of his, the end of his ministry. And as about he was living... It is obvious that he, during the time with his disciples, they have got to know him better, even though they didn't know him really well. But that acquaintance actually has built a bond whereby for him announcing his departure was going to create some problems. So Jesus Christ gave some instructions to his disciples that I'm about to go, and before I go, this is what is going to happen. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, most everlasting God, you gave us this word, oh God, that it should build us up. It should mold us. The word teaches us about the things of you, about holiness, how to live a life that pleases you, and all the good things that you've done for us. Father, I'm just a vessel. And I humble myself to the leadership of your Holy Spirit. That even this moment, every word that is being going to be spoken right here it is not mine, but yours, oh God. Father, if there is any word that my mouth or anything that I The slip of tongue, oh God, that does not give you the glory. I pray and ask that God may you silence this, that your people will not hear that. But may you open the ears of your people that they will receive just what you have planned for them this evening. Father, may you take all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The text of John is very, very important. Very, very important. I say very, very important because it sounds like the example that I just narrated. Jesus Christ had been with his disciples and at this point here, he was tailing down to the end of his ministry. And as Jesus was tailing down to the end of his ministry, he made sure that before he leaves, the disciples should know. He didn't just want to just exit in a way that the disciples would not understand, oh no, because that actually would have, could have defeated the purpose of his, of his coming. We live in a world that, honestly, if we don't, pray to God every time and ask for the leadership of the Holy Spirit and ask for the direction of the Holy Spirit and really cry out to God for the comforting or the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it could be sometimes defeating to be a Christian in the world we are today. Because sometimes you feel like, you look at the world and you ask yourself a question, what is happening? Like the word of God is being preached and preached and being preached and being preached. There are so many ways and methods in which the word of God is being preached today. And the the more the word of God is being preached, it's like the devil is fighting more. And sometimes, sometimes we may feel as if the word of God is not having effect or impact in our community because the way that evil is prevailing, it kind of like surpasses the way the gospel is being spread. But that is not true. The devil sometimes makes us to feel that way. But I'm here to make us understand that even though Jesus Christ is not here physically present, we should not be discouraged we should not give up we should not in any way let our guys down we should not in any way keep the bible behind i'm here today to declare that even though jesus christ is not there he promised somebody who is seated with us right here now as our comforter who will comfort us who will encourage us and who will direct us to the things of god and that is the person of the holy spirit Now, Jesus announces, from verse 1 to verse 3, Jesus announces an impending persecution. You know, being a Christian is not easy. One preacher preached one time, he said that if being a Christian Christian was easy, everybody could have been one. But it's not easy becoming a Christian because as Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and Master, was persecuted, we are not exempted because we are his followers. So Jesus announced to the to, the, to, to his disciples and impending uh, persecution. Now let us see what verse 1 says. Verse 1 says that these things, these things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. Reading from King James. So Jesus Christ, he started by saying that, listen, there is something that I want to tell you. There is something I want to tell you, but I just want to prepare your mind to know that I don't want you to feel bad about it. Don't get offended about it. Just prepare your mind and listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is not to upset you. What I'm about to tell you is not, it's not I don't want it to get you upset. I just want you to be quiet. Just, just listen to what I'm about to tell you. So Jesus went on in from, verse 2. He says that, said, they shall put you out of the synagogues. Yes, yeah, the time cometh that whosoever killed you will think that he doeth God's service. Jesus says that a time is come when they shall even pull you out of the synagogue. And there are people who will kill you. And when they kill you, they will feel that they are doing service unto the Lord. Now, uh, history, church history holds that Christianity actually break off from Judaism. And when Christianity break off from Judaism, the, Ju- the, the, the Judean Christians were not happy. So by that, they, they started persecuting Christians. And the time that Jesus Christ was saying this, at this time, when John wrote this, the persecution was so high christians were going through a lot jesus christ actually suffered a lot in the hands of the jews so he was preparing the minds of his people like he's preparing our minds today that these things are going to happen a time is coming as a matter of fact i spoke with one friend who is from some east african country and we talk about the rampant killing that is going on in all those places And, and 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 the main concern was the position of christians then he told me that well in the, east, in the east part of Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, and all those areas, he says that for some reason, those who taught Christianity, who first brought Christianity in that place, those people, they perceive it differently. So the people actually, to them, if they kill somebody, for instance, if they see a thief, for instance, they will kill that person. For them, killing that person is like what Jesus Christ was saying here. They will feel that they are doing service unto the Lord. You know, so these things, actually, we don't we don't see and we don't think that is limited to the, to the word of God. It is actually being practiced today. Persecution comes in different forms and different ways and in different sizes, and in different ways, but just know that persecution is out there. So, the reason Jesus said all this, as even if we see in John chapter 15, verse 18 to 27, is so that these people will not go away. They will not fall away. So, At this point, the greatest danger the disciples will confront from the opposition of the world is not death, but apostasy. So Jesus' concern was not about them dying or facing death, but was about them abandoning the gospel. And that is our concern also today going into this word of God. That no matter what you face, no matter what may come your way, no matter how hard life may be, if there is one thing that you have to hold on to very firmly and very solidly is what is the gospel, is the word of God. Is continue to profess your faith and live it as a Christian. Because you know what, persecution comes. It is an act. It is the Bible tells us in John ten ten verse eight that the thief cometh to not to bear to kill, to kill and to destroy. So that is the plan of the devil. That every persecution that you see today. It is orchestrated from the pit of hell whereby the devil is trying now to depopulate, discourage Christians and and increase, populate his camp. So whatever you go through, the first thing I want you to know, dear brother and dear sister, is that no matter what kind of hardship may come your way, please, 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 and please in God's name, do not put down your faith. Do not apostatize. Don't give up. Stand strong. That is why Jesus Christ was telling his disciples that it will come. But I want you to know that no matter what, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on hanging there. Stand there. Hold on to it. Your reward is coming soon. The danger at this time was real. It was real. We might not not really live the kind of persecution. As a matter of fact, this country is blessed because the amount of persecution that other nations really people do go through, I don't think it has reached America yet. That is one number. That is something that you really, really have to hold it so dear in your heart and be thanking God that the kind of persecution that other nations go through, it is not here yet. I hope that it will never come here. That is one thing you have to be thanking God for. That America, you don't have that kind of persecution. But I'm telling you, where we come from, there is real persecution. There is real persecution because of Jesus Christ. It is real. So, whatever you're going through, my plea, dear brother and sister, is that hold on to it as Christ was saying. So now, when we look from verse four a, verse four, Jesus actually makes a very, very pertinent point. Here. He says that to them. He says that, but these things have I hold, have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. It is important that Jesus actually did this. He, He did not want the disciples to be taken by surprise. Jesus prepared them. He told them that listen, a time is coming when there will be persecution, even more than what you see happening to me. But I'm telling you so that when that time comes, know that I told you. And that is the importance for us as Christians to know the word of God. The word of God carries every question in life. When we don't plant ourselves and devote time and study the word of God, giving the condition of the present, the present world in which we are, the way things are going on, it is easy just to flip because out there there is a wave of all kinds of doctrines out there whereby people are being talked out of the truth and unfortunately some people who used to be very strong and staunch believers are falling away from it. So their believers hold strong to the gospel. So Jesus Christ, he was telling them so that when the time comes, they should know that he, he said this, the reason why Jesus is so explicit on the matter is so that when persecution does break out, the disciples will not be taken by surprise and thus be tempted towards apostasy. Rather, they will remember that they will remember what Jesus said, and their faith will be strengthened because they will be assured that what is happening to them is not outside either His knowledge or His control. You know, knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is power. You usually, don't, you, usually don't know, you, you usually don't feel ba- if, like for students. When they ask a question, when you know the answer, you don't feel bad, right? Yeah? Because the answer, is, you know the answer is right there. But you feel bad and feel frustrated when you don't know the answer. So that is what Jesus Christ was doing. He said, I am telling you this thing. When it happens, instead, you should be strengthened because I had foretold you. You be strengthened now that I know that I said these things are going to come. So when it comes, when it happens, finally, please just know that, i told you so prepare your mind for it so knowing the word of god is very very important the word of god knowing the word of god is very very important because it will help us to direct redirect our course as we move along And when you go to verse 4b it says verse 4b Jesus actually made something also very important it says that verse 4 says that that b says and these things i said not unto you at the beginning because i was with you very important so when jesus christ was with them jesus christ acted as a shield to the disciples he was there with them so they actually did not really face the real persecution why jesus christ was there because every act of persecution was being directed towards him jesus christ the master so being with them they did not really experience that persecution as such you know so jesus christ he says that while i was with you i did not have to tell you all those things because being with you i shielded you all i took the heat for you i took the pain for you i took all the insults for you i took all the abuses and curses for you there is no reason for you to feel all this pain while i am here because i got you back as per se so they could not really get all this because jesus christ was with them now when we move forward to look at verse verse 6 and verse 7 verse 6 says that well verse 5 says that but now i go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me whether goeth, ah, whether goeth thou. You know, Jesus Christ was, you know, Jesus' disciples really did not really understand who he was. At one time, they really knew that he was the Lord. If You see, you read through the John, the book of John, all the gospels, you see that at some point, when even in his appearance, they, they will They will doubt, you know. So, to them, maybe they feel that Jesus Christ was going to last, stay with them forever. Because when he said that he was going, nobody even dared to ask anything. And when Jesus made this to them, he goes to to verse 6, he connected verse 6, he says that, but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow had filled your heart. Sorrow filled their heart when Jesus told them that he was about to leave. That shows that Jesus Christ and his disciples had a very, very powerful bond. They had a very powerful, tight bond because Jesus Christ really loved them. It was very warm. It was cordial. It was friendly. It was very close, like that of a family. So when he announced that he was about to leave, now when he broke the news out to them now, then they were so angry. They They protested by becoming angry. Why will he leave us? Why do you want to leave us? I don't know what reason, why Jesus Christ, why his disciples. We don't know the scripture. This part did not tell why they were, they, 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 expect protest, they expressed protest through, uh, through being angry. But I think that during their stay together, they really enjoyed a lot from him. They benefited a lot from him. And they were not even thinking that he came for a mission. They never even looked, thought of that. The disciples are filled with deep grief over their impending loss. The word of grief records in 20 to 22, those verses. What they did, there is something that Jesus told his disciples that actually made them, which was really going to bring like, you know, bring some comfort onto them. And that is in verse 7. And in verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus' departure or his going back to heaven actually was according to God's plan. And if Jesus had not finished his process of dying and being buried and resurrected, it could have actually like distorted his plan. So in order for his plan to become accomplished, it was good that he should go away. It was good that he should go go away. Even though his disciples did not really see that, they did not really understand that, They did not really know why, after being with them for all this while and taught them all these good lessons and and sometimes stood for them, why would he go back and leave us all? The disciples, they were very, very short-sighted. They did not understand all this. They never knew that it was coming. Even though the master had been telling them in his teachings, they never knew that this was coming. What they need to hold on to is this. It is for your good that I am going away. And Jesus told them, it is for your good that I am going away. It is for your good that I should go away. Because if I don't go away, then the word of God will not be accomplished. Because the word of God says that when he goes, when he goes, he will send a, a comforter. So in order for the gospel to become accomplished, it is good that he should go away. Unless Jesus departs, the comfort of the Holy Spirit will not, will not come. Now, I want us to move now and see the works of the Holy Spirit. This passage, this passage actually does not exhaust all the functions of the Holy Spirit here. It just limits us to what we are going to see that Jesus told his disciples about his, his departure. And uh, before we get into this, I want you to understand something that I discovered in this passage here about the coming, Jesus' promise about the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus actually were to go without the Holy Spirit, it therefore means that the work of Jesus Christ could have just ended right there. Because the frailty and limitation of humans, there is nothing we can do by ourselves as part of doing God's work without God himself. So that is why jesus christ as he went he decided to send who a comforter the helper and the holy spirit was going to come now and expand the ministry of jesus christ in a way that the disciples themselves did not even foresaw as a matter of fact there is no way that any individual call his or her name a christian can claim that they can do any piece of work to the lord without depending on the holy spirit and that is why the holy spirit is of paramount and very important In the service of the lord we need to depend on the holy spirit we need to trust on the holy spirit we need to rely on the holy spirit in order for the work of god to be advanced in our kingdom here amen we need the holy spirit if jesus sent the holy spirit it therefore means that there is no way that me and you can survive spiritually without his help he is our comforter remember the disciples at this time they were going through persecution. And how do you survive persecution without the comfort of God Himself? No way. You see, unfortunately, some people don't really depend on the Holy Spirit. That is why when things happen, people seek for solution elsewhere. When problems happen in their life, they seek for solution elsewhere. People don't make use of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is right here, right now. He is here because God promised us that He was coming. So therefore, in order for us to advance our cause of the work of God, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need to. There is no way we need to repent. I mean, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. It should be noted that by Jesus' departure, his death, or an exaltation, Jesus fulfills the conditions that must be met before he can send the Holy Spirit. At this point, he has done what he was supposed to be be done. He has finished up his part before the Holy Spirit should come. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is so great that Jesus' departure must be seen as for the disciples, for their good. For their good. Not only to the disciples, but all of us all here. The Holy Spirit has something very good for us. And we can enjoy that only when we depend on him, when we rely on him, when we commit to him. When the Holy Spirit comes, he extends the ministry of Jesus in ways the disciples could not have foreseen. Like I said, there is no way me and you, we can do God's work by ourselves, by our strength, without relying and depending on the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised them that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And as we move forward, we are telling down to the end of this, this, um, this passage. In verse 9, he says that, uh, verse 8 says that, and when he comes, when he who? The Holy Spirit when he comes, he says that he will convict the world of sin. King James says reproof. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This is very, very important. I want you to take this very, very seriously. What the Holy Spirit will do as far, of, as, far as, uh, as sin and uh, righteousness and judgment is, con- is concerned. Verse 9 says that of sin because they believe not on me. So, The Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin because the people who constitute the world do not believe in Jesus. He will convict the world because the people, they don't believe in Jesus. If they did believe in Jesus, they would believe in his statements about their guilt and they would turn to him. Now, with the wave of doctrine, like I said, that is going on in the world, with the confusion that is going on in the world as far as the church is concerned, Brothers and sisters, we need some spiritual filter whereby we put in our ears or put in our eyes, whereby it will be able to see and distinguish the truth from the wrongs, the truth from the lies, the truth from the faith. Because without the help of the, the Holy Spirit, we will just become gullible Christians. That when you see any church or any preacher, they say whatever you just accept and you just follow. So we need some filter, spiritual filter, whereby that distinction and clarity should be made from what is wrong and what is fake. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit when we are persecuted. We need the Holy Spirit when things are going so bad. We need the Holy Spirit when we feel that the whole world is collapsing on us. We need the Holy Spirit for comfort. Because one of the reasons Jesus said, the holy spirit is coming to do what to comfort he is our comforter so he convicts the world of sin the world is so stubborn me and you today thank god to the holy spirit that every every genuine child of god i hate to use the word genuine I do, I, let me take away that genuineness but every true child of god when you make a mistake you will quickly know and who does that the Holy Spirit convicts you that, listen, you messed up here. You'll be having this guilt in you. You'll be having this guilt in you. It is because of the Holy Spirit. You know the difference if two people, one believer and a non-believer do it, they commit the same act of sin? Do you know that the people of the world, they don't have any, they don't care, they feel good, to them it's okay? That is why you don't go to places that you're supposed you're not supposed to. You don't do things that you're not supposed to. Because of who? Because of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of the sin. People are repenting. So when somebody repents, you think that who does it? It is the Holy Spirit who convicts that person. So that is therefore, that is why we absolutely need the Holy Spirit. We absolutely need the Holy Spirit. Then secondly, he says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness because Jesus is going to the Father. This conviction is the lifestyle of Jesus This conviction is the lifestyle of Jesus' followers who, empowered by the Holy Spirit, live their lives in such growing conformity to Christ that the same impact on the world is observed when Jesus himself lived out his life here in the world. It convicts the world of righteousness. Me and you today, when people who know us as Christians, when they see us, it is not our doing that they know that we are Christians because we are set apart We are set up because our discipline and the kind of lifestyle we want to live is that one that reflects Christ. So the Holy Spirit makes them to know that, to to make them to understand that these people, they belong to him. They belong to God. They are Christians. And that is why sometimes somebody can see you and see your lifestyle and they know that, no, this person, you are different. Who does that? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. It will convict the people of, of righteousness. And lastly, it says that he convicts the world of judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. The judgment of which the Holy Spirit convicts the world is its, its multifaceted spiritual blindness supremely displayed in his treatment of Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine that Jesus Christ came to save the world, but his own people, they killed him, they treated him very poorly and very badly, they rejected him, even today, those who are rejecting him and those who are, are fighting against believers, they are not different from, from this. People that G- the, the Jesus was telling his disciples that, this, that the Holy Spirit convicts people of judgment. Now, if we go to, if we go to, uh, to verse uh, 11, no, verse 12, he said, I have, I have ye many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Well, Jesus had a lot to tell his disciples. But their minds were so shallow that at this time when he had up, downloaded this, this, this uh, about the, 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 the announcement of dispatcher, they were not ripe to, to gather all those things. They were not able to, to really be able to understand everything. And verse 13 says that he goes on and talks again about the Holy Spirit. One last function of the Holy Spirit he says that how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things, the things to come. Not only will the Holy Spirit speak the truth and to direct them to the, the way of truth, but also the Spirit will reveal them about the things of God that are going to come. We need truth today. We need truth today. We hear politicians they stand and they tell lies. Today, lies is just so easy. It's an easy method to deceive people. Lies is so easy that some people, they just it's just part of their life. That they just say it and they don't care. I was, I mean, I'm currently trying to read the Kings. And, and I, I read first Kings chapter 22, 22 and 23. It talks about, um, I think there was somebody that God actually put, put a spirit of lies, a spirit of lies in him. So the person spoke and spoke lies. So lie actually is a spirit. Lies telling is a spirit. So therefore, we need the spirit of truth. We need the Holy Spirit to speak the truth in us so that we're able to determine or distinguish between lies, falsehood, and truth. We need to speak the truth. The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. And who is that person to tell us the truth? The Holy Spirit, found in the word of God. So dear brothers and sisters, this evening, we have seen Jesus preparing his disciples of an impending persecution that was going to happen. And I saw Jesus Christ was actually preparing their minds of his death. And he told them, he said, I'm preparing your mind that when I go, don't feel bad. But I want you to know that persecution is going to happen. But get your mindset. Don't be taken by surprise, I have told you. But I'm not going to leave you by yourselves or leave you alone. I'm going to send the spirit of comforter, no, the, 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 the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will reveal to you the things of, reveal to you sin and convict the world of sin of righteousness, and of judgment. And also Jesus also told them, he says that the spirit of truth will tell us the truth and will reveal to us the things of God, things that are going to come. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever really thought of really depending on the Holy Spirit? Has it ever occurred to you that your Christian life ought to be the one that you completely submerge so yourself 100% in total dependence of the Holy Spirit? I think our church, we need to come to that point, we we'll ask ourselves that question Are we a church that 100% depends on the Holy Spirit? If we are, then when the Holy Spirit reigns, all those small, small conflicts will not be there. All those arguments and quarreling and all those divisions, it will not be there. Because wherever the Holy Spirit is present, he takes control. And that is where I want to end by saying that is the Holy Spirit controlling your life? I want to give this opportunity now for us to pray. If you have never really depended on the Holy Spirit and asked the Holy Spirit to control your life, I think this is the time. And make that decision and and, and with God here, let us pray. That the Holy Spirit, for you to live successful Christian life, every of us here, we need 100% dependence on the Holy Spirit. For us to live in a world that is so challenging here and there and you see all the evil that is going on, we need only the comfort of the Holy Spirit. the, the, The comfort of your spouse, the comfort of your father, the comfort of Christians, they are also important. But the most important comfort is that one of the Holy Spirit. That is paramount. Can we be on our feet and pray? Can we stand? I want to, first of all, give an opportunity. Any, anybody here, you feel that you, this word has really touched you and there's something that you want to pray, maybe give your life to Christ, or you want to really solidify yourself with the Holy Spirit, I think this is the time. Just come forward and let us pray. And secondly, anybody you think that you want to join the church, become part of this service, or part of this church, I think this is the time. Well, is there anything particular, person, that you, you really want us to pray for, we'll pray for you this evening. Hebrew says that today if you hear his word, harden not your heart. Please, if that if you are touched, I think this is the place to do it. Right now when it's hot, just strike it deal. Right now. Any? Anybody? Let us pray. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Dear Jesus, thank you. For everything that was sacrificed on the cross for us for our sins. Thank you because we are not left alone. Your presence has been with us this moment. Father, we want to confess where we have despised and rebelled against the Holy Spirit, where we have defiled the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Please have mercy and may you forgive us. Even as individuals and even as collective as a church, may you forgive us. Father, we thank you so much for your love May you bless us. Take us to our home safely. May you bless our weak Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.